Welcome all you Plus 2 Comedy Modifiers to another episode of the Plus 2 Comedy Podcast. I'm your host, as always, TV's Noah Houlihan. Thank you so much for joining us. And before we get to our fantastic episode with the great Dave Teruso, I have an important announcement. Ooh, that's not usually how I start the show. This is important, guys, so please gather in, gather your friends and family and pets into the room and listen to this. Uh, we have been doing the Plus Two Comedy Podcast for a year and a half at Jester's Playhouse, and unfortunately, Jester's Playhouse has closed their doors forever. So, we will no longer be doing the Plus Two Comedy Podcast at Jester's Playhouse. So, if you were dead set on coming on down to 545 Tilton Road in Northfield, New Jersey... Don't do it because the doors will be locked and there will be no show. Uh, We are currently looking for a new location, so the Plus Two Comedy Podcast will be continuing. We just don't know where yet. So you may be getting some special episodes of the Plus Two Comedy Podcast in the upcoming weeks. Uh, Thanks for understanding. But soon we'll be moving to a new location and we will let you, the podcast audience, know as soon as we do so you can join us there for some Plus Two Comedy fun. And we would really like to thank Jester's Playhouse for hosting us for so long and just being so good to us, letting us do our podcast as well as stand-up comedy showcases and the Slash Fiction World Championships. So thank you so much to Jester's Playhouse for letting us fill your store with laughter and smut for the last year and a half, and we wish you guys the best. Uh, You guys were really wonderful. Thank you guys so much. But if you are dead set in coming to one of our shows, I can tell you that today, that's December 3rd, we are moving for one week only to the Tap Room Bar and Grill. That's on Crystal Lake Boulevard in Haddonfield, New Jersey. We're going to be starting at 7 o'clock, and our guests will be Gabby Gilbert, a.k.a. wrestler Roxy Cotton. So be sure to come down to the Tap Room Bar and Grill it starts at 7 p.m., and then our comedy show, The High Note Humor Open Mic, starts at 8 o'clock. So be sure to come down for both of those things. We'll have a good time. Also, this episode of the Plus Two Comedy Podcast is brought to you by Audible. Please click the banner below and get your free audiobook to support the now homeless Plus Two Comedy Podcast. And now, that that's all out of the way, without any further ado, take it away, Kirby Crackle. We're on the road. ready for a podcast that was good that was real good who's here to do other things and is currently being annoyed by a podcast yeah (laughs) that was almost it was weird it was like the same but opposite it was very interesting this is the plus two comedy podcast coming to you live from jester's playhouse that's 545 tilton road in northfield new jersey i New Jersey. I am your host, as always, TV's Noah Houlihan. I am joined by the mustache to Alex Trebek. Didn't even make sense this week. Mr. Will Liam, no, how you doing? That means you're going to get rid of me. How dare you? <laughs> how you doing, Will? But you'll be awful once I'm gone. Yes. How about that for a relationship? All right. It's better now. All right. Now cool. that at least I know you'll be ruined once you get rid of me. Good. 
Our guest this week is author, stand-up comedian, and sketch comedian. Give it up for Dave Caruso. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for coming down here, Dave. No, thanks for having me, <laughs> Noah. <laughs> Why is it and so William? weird? Well, uh, you you're making it weird. No, you. This is this is how I speak. You speak weird. I'm fine. I speak weirdly. Yeah, that'd be the, that'd now, be the proper Will. way to. In any case, uh, we brought you down because it is uh, NaNoWriMo. It's National Novel Writing Month. So yes. I want to have another author on. Can you tell us about your book, Cube Sleuth? Yes. Uh, Cube Sleuth is a uh, murder mystery, dark comedy, raunchy tale. As that's the three things I would I would put those together and make that the description of the book. So it's about this guy. Did you put that on the back? Basically, I mean, you look at the back cover. I cover those bases pretty much. Yes. Is this your um, first time talking about it? No, no, no. So I've got a pitch. I've got a log line. Um, it's about this guy named Bobby who uh, works in a job he hates and he has uh, no friends. And then he makes one friend, this guy. Ron, who's going to do uh, sketch comedy with him, and right before their first show, Ron kills himself in the parking lot at work, and uh, there's a suicide note. Everybody says, okay, it's a suicide. Bobby becomes obsessed with the idea somebody must have killed him, because who kills themselves at work? So he starts <laughs> tailing people home and putting voice-activated tape recorders under their desks and picking the HR filing cabinet, and it's the whole book is about, like, is he just grieving strangely, or is he on to something? And then there's a lot of boner jokes. Ooh, nice, okay. Nice. Now I'm on board. Yes. <laughs> See, I pictured like a Rubik's Cube with like a Sherlock Holmes hat and a pipe. Understood. That is like the a, common conception. Yeah, a lot of people do yeah, that. Yeah, that they think that he's some sort <laughs> he's of... a cubic Was he object. like a gelatinous cube? And, uh, <laughs> you know, like what kind of... How does he... Does he, you know... Somehow he metabolizes clues and <laughs> that's what he lives on? You literally... You don't understand. I will die if yeah, I don't I, get another I clue. Clues. I eat clues for Are a you going to solve anything with <laughs> them? No. I'm destroying them. <laughs> Eat them, they're gone. You should get a job for the mafia. I smell a sequel. Mm, mm, red herring, delicious. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know. But yeah, so that's. So I gotta ask: Is it autobiographical? It is. Did you kill yourself? I did it. <laughs> I would asked? be the other character, right? For sure, right? That would the, the sleuth, not uh-huh. the. I mean, how would you write the, the book? The guy. I could have named the guy Shmavich Maruso. He was that much based on me. <laughs> I, 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 the idea was, let me take myself and make myself the main character, like the detective of a mystery novel, and see how that would go because I'm not a detective. And I thought that could be funny. because And he's not. And at, at every turn, he does undetective things. And like usually when he follows people home, the things he finds out are stupid. And he's like, <laughs> this is really dumb, and I'm... You know, like it's it's about him like sitting in the car, like trying to decide what food he can eat that won't make him have to poop himself <laughs> while he's on a stakeout. Like things that real people would think about when they're on a stakeout, like, not like cheeses. And I, I yes, well, what is the answer to that question? Uh, what, well, what he goes. You, eat not, you don't want out. fiber. That's yeah. gonna move. He through, goes yeah. wawa hoagie, which is something I would do because mm. uh, you can that's... control the intake of the grease. Yeah, it depends on um, what you get. Yeah. You know, you can say no, no, no oil. Um, but yeah, the character is based on me and based, uh, like the backstory of him is me. The The story of the book is fake. The, the story of the guy is me. And there's characters in there that are based on real people. And it's it's based on my real, the real company where I work. Like it's landmarks that are close to that building. So people who live in that area, like, oh, he's talking about that right there. <laughs> are you encouraging people to go to these places and put in 
little recorders and. Well, it's funny. This uh, I was at a, a dinner party because uh, you know I'm 35. That's what we do. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, what is that like? 35. Yeah. It's like <laughs> what? How old are you? I'm 28. It's like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, literally, that's it. It's just like that. It's okay, cool. I don't know when I'm going to get to a point and go, this feels different. Oh, I'm an adult now. Lee. Yeah. I think um, it's dinner parties. It, well, you just, you. well, I, but I'm like this kid there, and then these people are yeah, talking that's about. What, you say dinner party. Like, if I, if my girlfriend was like, oh, we're going to dinner party, I'm like, oh, your parents having it? Yeah. Right. It's not kids. <laughs> It'll be cheese. But there are, uh, yeah. there are people there younger than I am who are talking about things like gestational diabetes, which is like a woman getting pregnant and getting diabetes from the pregnancy. And, and it's like real talk. And yeah. I'm just like, I don't know. I, yeah. Boners. Uh, did you guys yeah. see, yeah. did you guys see yeah. Interstellar? Or they like, they'll talk of? about like stocks and yeah, the businesses and like they own. And I'm like, did you guys get destiny? Was that? Like, I will tell you, and this is true, and I hope the people that were at this party hear this, because they're my <laughs> they're friends big and, fans, feel, big and fans. feel shame about it. They were very, very, very excited that they – how close they live to a Wegmans. <laughs> like, that was maybe a 15-minute block of conversation at the dinner party. And I'm like, this is oh. my life. Like, this is where I am. <laughs> but So one of the girls there is working at the building that faces my old building. Okay. And they actually share a parking lot. And that's where the guy killed himself. And I was like, you need to read my book in your office because I wrote it in my cube. Like, I wrote the entire novel on my lunch break, which was two hours. Not that anybody <laughs> there knew it. Two you. hours a day, I wrote in my cube and wrote the whole book. So I had like the ambiance of the cube to write. Yeah, I, f- I find that being an issue where my job requires me to look at a computer all day. Yes. Then it's like, all right, finally I can do the fun stuff. Let's break out the computer. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm going to be blind. And write more words. Yes. <laughs> and then like, you know, uh, that kind of like 14 hours a day of blue light therapy and you just can't go to bed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm laying bad. in bed and there's just like ones and zeros in front of my eyes. <laughs> I don't know why I don't. I My can't brain read gets rid of the GUI interface. <laughs> like, <it's> just, <laughs> you know what? Forget these windows. It's just it's ones and zeros when I go to bed. Oh, I get a blue screen of death and then gone. Oh, so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of bummed we stopped talking about dinner parties. I want to be honest, but no, we well, keep, then let's start keep again. Doing it. <laughs> well, I want to talk about your comedy career as well. We, have, I, I have all night. <laughs> <laughs> So, as a stand-up comedian, you got to get the two big questions. Here we go. Yes. How long have you been doing comedy? Comedy entirely, um, almost somewhere between 10 and 11 years. Wow. So, yeah, I started at 24. I joined an improv group. These math checks out. I was in that for a year. Mm-hmm. And thank you. Man, I worked it. I put it together. So, 24, I did improv for a year in a group called Elastic. Uh, and then <laughs> I was uh, wasn't... I, li- I liked improv, but I wasn't like crazy into what we were doing, and I left. And then um, some of my friends that were on another improv team uh, s- decided they wanted to do sketch. And then I got into Animosity Pierre, the sketch group I was on, and I was on that for eight years. Uh, and there was an overlap of the last sort of two years of it I was doing stand-up and sketch. And sort of at first I was doing sketch with a little stand-up on the side. Then I was doing stand-up with a little sketch on the side. And now I just do stand up, and it's been I've been doing stand up five years. What do you prefer? Sketch for sure. Yeah, yeah, because uh, because I'm a writer, it allows me to write scenes with you know arcs better than stand up has that some, but there's a lot more setup punch. You can't can't all be stories. People get kind of bored. Yeah. Um, 
and I like acting. I like being a character and sort of losing myself in that. And you can't gotcha. do that as much with stand up. I do it a little, but again, yeah. So, see, I, I always have this issue with sketch. I really enjoy sketch comedy. I do, but I feel like sketch comedy is not something people process as a thing you go watch live. Yeah, like I, I mean, people will watch N- uh, NFL. No, that's not a sketch. You know that great sketch show, football? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, they see SNL, they'll watch that, they'll watch like a Mad TV, but like they don't see it as like a destination yeah, show. Yeah, I feel like they think the same thing about improv. Like the 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 the, the regular audience, the non-kind of theater audience, the non-academic audience, they're not going to see improv. Like when people ask me, I, oh, I did sketch, I did improv, I go, okay, whose line is it anyway? Saturday Night Live, because that's all they know. Right. You can't say, like, oh, Upright Citizens Brigade, and they're not going to just know. They just don't. Yeah. Well, remember the, there was a weird improv boom, and there was, like, weird <laughs> improv shows that would pop up? Yeah, they're still, it's still going. I, I believe it. Is it's there, still is there raging. another improv show that's on right now besides Whose Lines It Anyway? Oh, on TV. I thought you meant... No, I meant on TV. There no, was like, main, yeah, there was, Whose Line kind of got There mainstream. was this weird run well, of, Well, there was like, that, like, Nick Cage show. Nick Cage? Nick Cage. Uh, Nick, Nick Cannon. That would Nick be Cannon awesome. on MTV. I would love to that see That would Nick be a totally Cage better improv. All right, I need a suggestion of a room <laughs> in your a house. A what? In a where? <laughs> where you would eat a <laughs> celery sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Nick Cannon had a show. Yeah, Nick Cannon had that Wild uh, and Out. What else was there? There was a show called... You Th- know the name of that show? Yeah, Wild and Out. You're a great, I, you're I a great man. He might not. He might have just made a thing up. Oh. Yeah, what quick story, say, well, gang, story time yeah. with Noah. Uh, I got booked to do a show uh, called, it was Wild and Out, and I was the only white guy booked. Nice. So Token. It's racist uh, yeah, of the, you to notice. Yeah, <laughs> it was a, there was a crowd of, I want to say, 200 to 300 people, still the only white guy. And the first game we played was props. It was like, we're going to give you a prop, and... You need to incorporate it into a scene. And we're like, all right, cool. What's the prop? They threw us a pair of handcuffs. And the <laughs> guy, this guy went, all right, I got an idea. Noah, go on stage, and I want you to start a chant for John McCain. And then we'll... You know how you have that power as a white guy to do that? <laughs> and then we'll kick your ass. <laughs> With the cuffs? That was the whole sketch. There's no sketch. No cuffs in there. And it was the first time I was on this stage. I was like, all right, here we go. Let me get a John McCain. It was the loudest silence. <laughs> like, it was so, the silence was so loud I had to stop talking. Like, John Ma- <laughs> I like that the joke dates itself, just with the John <laughs> yeah, McCain. You know exactly, you know what, exactly what, what oh. it was last week. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> they were really outdated. But do you remember, there was also a show called... Uh, Thank God You're Here, which was an improv show with like a new guest star every week. I remember the name of it in the yeah. commercial, and I never saw it. Yeah. And then there was a the green screen show that Drew Carey did. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah I didn't Who's see lying any to of special effects? What could go wrong? Yeah. <laughs> Keep going. You got <laughs> to power through. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, so I just realized what it would be like to do stand up on stage while like four guys are sitting in the middle of the room watching Eddie Murphy raw <laughs> and laughing at it. Like this is not oh good my God, for my self esteem. So, <laughs> <laughs> so the other big question is how would you describe your comedy style? Um I go for sort of 
thought provoking, and I don't mean like mm. like you know <laughs> CNN. Kind it of was. I, ju- I judged provoking. him. I mean, I'm literally trying to just make you think about things differently in a silly way. And then there's a lot there of there's a lot of um, raunchiness and kind of a sort of. I don't like to limit myself in terms of what I'll talk about, so there's no real restrictions on content. You're killing. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. Now you. So is that bad, Will? That I don't. You don't like. No, no. You see, I just. I just met. Sometimes like, you meet comedians and they're like, "Oh, I like to be thought provoking. I like people to feel the full range of emotions, not just laughter." Oh, I'm no. Like, oh no, 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 no. No, like you're, I, you're not I, a comedian. I, I literally, I just mean like you know, like you can. Tell a joke that's very funny and very well written, mm-hmm. but if it's if it's like other jokes, it doesn't kind of force anybody to think any differently no, no, about yeah, it, yeah, right? Yeah. Like where you. they can kind of like where the the laughter almost comes from. I know where this is going. Mm-hmm. I I know how, where the punchline is going to be and all that stuff. And whereas it's like I'm just yeah. trying to talk about if I, I my usually my my one like defining thing about the books that I write or the sketches is what have I not seen, and then I go from there. Yeah, that's, you know? a, that's yeah. a great one. And if, I ha- if it's something I, I have seen... I came around. Right? <laughs> I okay. retracted the judgmental yeah. you, You're noise. allowed to judge. There's nothing wrong with no, that. is one of my favorite comedians. Easy. Uh, <laughs> but I do understand when you ask someone, like, what's their style, and they give an answer that's basically, I'm not funny. Have you ever heard a comedian <laughs> do that? Yeah. yeah Where yeah. they're like, well, I'm not real big on, like, getting laughs. I, I don't say that, no. I'm goofy. I like to make silly. people feel uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah I don't, th- I don't mm. like that. I don't... I don't no. I I like I think there's just a difference between like making people think and confrontational comedy I don't like necessarily because usually its goal is to make you uncomfortable not to make you laugh. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I'm like I, I which don't, I love paying money for. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. I feel like you got to kind of <laughs> you know you got a spoonful of sugar. That's all. You yeah. know, I think mm-hmm. you know Mary Poppins knew what she was talking about. If She's you really want lady. an idea to stick a car, you know, George Carlin is my ultimate Oh yeah, God of everything. It's like he always made you think, but it was very funny in a very in a very kind of mainstream way. Sort of. I mean, he it, he wasn't necessarily mainstream, but like you, my mom would laugh at it. It's not yeah. like you had to be like <laughs> kind of like erudite to like g- get what's going on. Yeah, he, he is one of those guys that would go like super high concept, and then he would do a silly dance. Yeah, and then he would do a thing about farting. Like yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, farts are funny. They are. Uh, so I want to hear about your uh, the new project you got coming up. Well, so there's well, can I? There's I'm working on books now, but I'm also having another book that's publishing in a couple months. Yeah, that's, I, yeah. I'll do I'll do that. <laughs> I just want to make sure that I'm not. Is that not what you want to talk about? I want to talk about your new project you got coming up. All right, so you want to hear but about? Pick the right one. The the the. <laughs> Dave, I'm asking you the question. You can answer it in any way you want. Well, I'm trying to be clear on which thing because I have another book coming out, but it's not what I'm working on. I'm already done it. Yeah, he's, he's not working your on new book, Dave. Okay, this <laughs> the second book that's coming out. It's coming out in March. Uh, there's actually there's a there's a digital only publisher. It's called Full Fathom Five Digital. That's republishing Cube Sleuth. It's like I self published. I did that myself. Right. I made that book. I made the Kindle version. I made the Nook version. Uh, there's a company that is republishing that with a new cover. Uh, oh, so you've actually gotten picked up by a publisher? Yeah, through selling this book. So well, I got an agent. After that book, and she helped me get this. How did nice. you do that? Get an agent? Yes. All right, let's go through the whole Please. thing. I feel like this is what what writers would want to hear about. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. All right, so so I write I write Cube Sleuth, 
And um, the the so step know, one is write a book. Write a book, mm-hmm. and it, it needs to be done. If you're a fiction, <laughs> if no, seriously, if you're a fiction mm-hmm. novelist, you can't sell an unfinished book. If you're a nonfiction person and you're selling, um, you know, a book that you have a platform for, like you've done stuff on TV where you were talking about cooking, you're gonna, you don't need to write the book. You need to write sample chapters and a proposal. Right. If you're writing, if you're a fiction novelist and you're unpublished, you have to write the whole thing. They need to see that you know how to finish it. Uh, You could write three quarters of it and it could be amazing. They're not going to take it unless they see how you finish it. Uh, So you write the book and then, you know, you can go to conferences and try to meet agents. The the regular kind of some guy who's in Philly like I am is not in New York or L.A. is you you write query letters. It's a one-page letter. It's a very formatted thing. It takes a really long time to learn how to write. It's kind of harder to write than the book. You're selling yourself in a page. You have like a paragraph to hook them in, mm-hmm. paragraph to talk about the book, like the whole plot of the book, uh, giving away enough stuff to make them want to read more, and a uh, paragraph about who you are, and then sometimes about why the book would sell or like what's the what's mm-hmm. the market for it and stuff like that. And that's it. And you just send them out. You make a list of like I have. There's a book called the 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 you know uh, the writer's guide to literary agents, and it cross references by like okay these agents do mystery novels. These agents do crime novels. These agents do supernatural. And then you go, oh, mine's a supernatural crime mystery. And then you find you, the, the agent who does all three, and you okay. send to that. <laughs> you Venn so, diagram all of yeah. them. So I sent you know to a bunch of people, and um, and this one this one agent, you know, a lot of, some of them will ask for sample chapters, and if they like them, they'll ask for the whole book. And this one agent, she did that, and she liked Cube Sleuth a lot, but she didn't like the ending. The ending is very dark. It's super okay. dark, and she said, I, "I already like it." Okay, it's super, super dark, and she said, "I can't sell this. Like, no publisher's going to touch it. It's too dark." In the end, and she said, "If you change the ending, I'll represent you. We'll try to sell it. Uh, and if you, if not, the next thing you write has not as dark an ending, then I'll try to sell that." And I said, "I don't want to change the ending. Like, it's it's mm-hmm. the whole meaning of the book for me, and it's it's literally set up on the first page. So okay. I'd have to rewrite the book from scratch to change the ending because I hint at things." Like all there's anagrams in the book and stuff like I there's oh, you stuff sh- in don't there. Don't tell me that. There's stuff in there like you. It's it's all there. Well, if you read the book, I'll give you the anagrams when you're done. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, no, you got to understand that I'm a psycho when it comes to stuff like that, mm-hmm. and I will just sit there on the same page over and over again. Even and try when to work there's nothing. Out. Good, good. I, I like that. <laughs> um, so, um, so she, you know, I said I don't want to change the ending, and she said, okay, you know, I think you should self-publish it. This way, you can get it out there. So. I quit my job and I spent six months learning how to do it because I was I've been an editor for twelve years now so I edited it myself like I did technical editing it wasn't that kind of thing but okay. I did it myself I researched like what font size what's the spacing how do you where do you put the page numbers and you know you got to put your name on one side and the mm-hmm. book name on the other like learned all that stuff my cousin's ex girlfriend drew the cover for me so I literally did that book for free it cost me thirty bucks to publish that book which was the cost of two galley proofs. That come in the mail so you can make sure that it's okay. Oh, wow. And that n- I didn't pay anything else for it. And then it's print on demand. So when you buy a copy, I just get a piece of it. You know, oh, the nice. book costs eight bucks and it's like four fifty six to publish. And Amazon gets a dollar seventy and I get two bucks or something like that. It's not bad. Uh, so I did that and I, w- I was already in the middle of my next book uh, when, when this was going on. So then when I was done, I sent it to her and she loved, loved the second book and she's like, okay, so I'm going to represent you. And she's tried to sell it to publishers and it was a thing of, well, let me tell you what the second book is about so you can okay. hear why it doesn't fit things the kind mold. of. Um, so the second book is called Lost Touch. It's about a woman 
who is a psychic who helps the police solve murders, and she's like the best in the country. She's amazing, mm-hmm. and um, she lives in D.C. But she's from Philly. Her brother-in-law gets killed. There's like a serial killer in Philly killing people. He gets killed. She comes home to help the you know the police solve the case, but she's in this building collapse. She ends up in a coma for two days and wakes up, and her power's gone. She has a lesion on her brain. She she has a she does a thing called psychometry, which is people who touch objects and get mm-hmm. psychic vibes off them. So they'll hold your gotcha. grandmother's watch and be like, "Oh, your grandmother's saying this and that." So that's what she does. It's all by her hands. She gets this mm-hmm. lesion on her brain where she can't tell the shape of things anymore by her hands. Like her brain can't receive the signal from her hands, so she'll hold a ball with her eyes closed. She can't tell if it's a cup or a pen. Okay, gotcha. So now the power's gone. And uh, she's just a regular person, and she's not super smart. She never really <laughs> did anything with her life. She was a powerful psychic. Like, that was how she made her living. She, right. I know you just got, people like, she's came not smart. Her. She's not an attractive woman. <laughs> no prospects, She's really. pretty. She's pretty. <laughs> but she, you know, she made her money doing psychic readings and stuff like that. So now she has nothing. And she's very depressed, and she's trying to prove that she should be alive by trying to solve her brother, brother-in-law's murder, like find the killer just the normal way. So <laughs> that's the book. And it's like she sent it to all the major publishers and, like, Nine out of 12 of them loved it, but they're like, we don't know what to do with it. Like, nobody's buying psychic stuff. That's not good, so goodbye. And that was it. Like, we, we love this writer. He's got a great voice. We can't wait to read his next thing, but we don't know what to do with this, so see ya. Um, and so, you know, that kind of closed us off to all those other people. And then uh, Full Fathom 5 is the company that did... The publisher that did I Am Number Four, you know, it was a movie. Oh yes, yes, yes. Uh, it was the num- I, am number, I am number Four was yeah, the number I am four. one. They had to kill people in order or something. It was the New York Times number one bestseller. It's that guy James Frey who did a million little pieces and yes. he lied on Oprah and said, yeah. you know, he's not he's not million pieces. He's not number four. Right? They're no. all lies. He he wrote so he they're a packaging company, which means they um they sell a concept to a publisher and then they hire a writer to write it. So you get oh, wow. high. So like they're like, okay, no, we sold this concept. I am number four. You are gonna write this. Your name is not gonna be on it. You're gonna get a small amount of money for it. It's not great for the writer at all. <laughs> um, and so then they open this digital, this digital only thing, and um, they're looking for books. And they came to my one of my agent's clients about her book. They wanted to read. She self published like I did. And they're like, hey, we like this. We want to put it under our imprint and she said you have to talk to my agent my agent set it up and she liked working with them and she's like you should i should send you you know dave trusso's book i think you would like it so she sent him their the books and they liked it but so there's no advance which sucks so i'm not yeah. getting any money up front zero advance um but there's a 50 50 royalty split which is good mm-hmm. so you know if they and they have a lot of money for marketing so if they were to sell ten thousand copies i'd probably make 20 grand or something like that um and a lot of the things they do, they have a lot of ties to film and get a lot of things made in the movies. And I have a screenplay for this second script, the psychic one. Okay. So that helps. Cool. So there you go. So a little so bit of getting path. lucky, but uh, a lot of grinding. Yeah, it was it was a long time. I mean, my agent, you know, your agent doesn't get paid until you do. So she worked for me for over a year and a half for free, just you know, trying yeah, to get she, fingers she, crossed. So yeah, so she, you know, it was it was really all her and just kind of. Hmm. But so like at, at this point, like, so difficult. Cube Sleuth's coming out in January. Lost Touch is coming out in March. I don't know if I'm going to make any money at it. That's you know? not like a bad turnaround because I've heard it's people getting quick. like published and it's like we're still waiting. Well, the digital only yeah. thing is a big part of that. There's no printing. Yeah, it's all ebook. So like that's a big like there won't be a paperback. It's not going to be in stores. I actually. 
they only signed for the digital rights to Cube Swiss. I can still sell my paperback, which is good because okay. I bring it to shows. Right. I sell it at shows. I sign it. And, uh, you know, so I can still do that. But in Lost Touch, there will be no no paperback unless somehow it makes a lot of money. Um, yeah. Awesome. So now you want to hear about... Yes, quickly. Okay. Well, let me hear about your next project. So uh, I'm working on... What's that? A two-book a two book series uh, called Alter Ego. It is uh, it's a superhero detective hybrid. Uh, not the way Batman's a detective, but like it's a it's a detective story that has a superhero as a character. It's not okay. a superhero story. So um, it takes place in Centro, which is my version of Philly. And uh, four months before the start starts, there's um, this superhero named Blue who shows up. He's the first superhero in the world, and he's you know he has normal superhero powers. He can fly super fast. He's invulnerable. When he punches someone, they explode. Ooh. Because uh, I based his punch on uh, when people get into uh, high-speed car accidents, <laughs> limbs come off. Almost okay. bloodlessly, but they come off. Uh, okay. So that's kind of what... It's, it's that, clean. That's what his punch <laughs> is. And so um, the, basically there's a, this character, Erica, who's the, the, you know, the arch fiend of the story. And uh, she hires the main character, whose name is Chris Club. He's the detective. She hires him to uncover Blue's uh, secret identity so she can kill him. And so you're you're following the story is about club. It's about the detective. You're following a guy who's working for the bad guys and knows it, but needs the money. And halfway through the story, finds out who Blue really is and realizes like, oh, I got to switch teams. Um, and so the things about Blue that are weird are uh, he only comes out between eleven o'clock at night and seven in the morning. I swear he's not a vampire, and he doesn't show up in Spoilers. pictures and he doesn't show up on radar. And again, I swear he he's not like a vampire. A vampire. Are you sure. So I think he's a vampire. And he ne- oh, and he also never leaves the city limits. I swear he's not a vampire. I <laughs> would not go into story. people's houses unless he's invited. <laughs> yeah, garlic. He uh, doesn't, do doesn't care for it. All those things. So, so the first book is that it's who who is who's what's blue secret identity, and the first half of the book is um, a mystery and this about who is blue, and the second half is an action story about what happens when club trades teams. Second okay. book. Uh, Blue hires Club to uncover his uh, origin story because he doesn't know it. He has no memory of it. And okay. again, half the book, like it's literally eight chapters mystery, eight chapters action. That's way cool. Yeah. Huh. I dig it. So that's what I'm working on. And it's go. Oh, it's also, uh, I sort of invented a new format. The book is a novel on the top half of the page in two columns, like a newspaper, justified. And the bottom half of the page is a graphic novel with no speech bubbles or words. So it's oh, almost okay. like reading a book and then watching the movie huh. one at a time. So each page is like you read it and then you look at it. And you need to look at the pictures or you won't understand the book because you, I give you just enough like, okay, Steve is wearing a blue baseball cap. I'll tell you that in the writing. But if you don't look at the picture, you're not going to know anything else about Steve. And like there's okay. a lot of visual clues all over the place. Huh. So like Steve's reading a book on how to commit murder. Exactly. And then so you're like, like mm, you need, to, you need to look at that. You need to look at it. That yeah, that is awesome. <laughs> so that's what I'm working on. And so you, no, no, like deadline on that. Just no deadline. I have, I'm I'm working with a comic artist in L. A. and we signed a an agreement and everything about like what the royal royalty split is. And I, I made him sign a confidentiality agreement before I would reveal the many secrets of the two books. So <laughs> I felt like M Night Shyamalan for a minute there. But I just because <laughs> like if this we is blue. I can't tell. Yeah, I can't. I can't let anybody know. What no one knows. 
So I, I had to like, because what if we fight with each other and he hates me and he reveals it to everybody and then the truth tells everybody he's a vampire because of this, <laughs> right? He tells everybody Blue is a vampire. Dave kept saying he wasn't just to throw you off, <laughs> and uh, you got to pick yeah. up on those subtle clues. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. I look forward to reading that. What is that Thank called you. again? I'm sorry. Alter ego. Alter ego. That's awesome. Uh, so we like to geek out a bit on this show, yeah. and we do it with a segment called What You're Watching, What You're Reading, What You're Playing. Uh-huh. It's where we talk about what we're watching and what we're reading and what we're playing. Mm-hmm. Dave, you're new to the group. What are you watching? Uh, the night before last, I finished the second David Tennant season of Doctor Who. So it would it was the episode with uh, the master mm-hmm. uh, turning the doctor into like an 1,100-year-old big-headed a house elf. Thing. He's and a house elf from Harry Potter. The, and he's yeah. He's like in a cage, and uh, it was it was very it was very good. So I'm loving that <laughs> show. It's a big it's a big. Tenet was a big Hoovian. Good run. I am. Yeah. Doctor I've obviously come to it late, and I've been watching for a year maybe, but I love it. Most people have. <laughs> if 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 someone says I've been watching Doctor Who from the beginning, they're a liar. <laughs> right. Unless they're like in their sixties. Well, yeah. Even the guy I work it, with like started with the. Uh, um, in the eighties, like watching it on PBS. So who's the guy that everybody loves? Think that was Tom Baker. Tom Baker, he's the one. That he, that's loves, his the like favorite guy. So I watched a couple. I keep forgetting how old Doctor Who is. I don't believe mankind's existed without Doctor right. Who. Because there was like I was watching an early Simpsons and they make a Doctor Who reference. I was like, I forgot that was a thing. Right. Like it's not just trendy now. No. Nineteen <laughs> sixty yeah, something. Right. It's no, it's before. It's before that. There's like old black and white like Huh. Has there been more who's than bonds at this point? I don't Yeah, uh, I think. Yeah. I how think many so. how many bonds are there? Uh there's there's, at there's least more than people who's. know. I always yeah, because there's a bunch of that were only in like the one. Yeah, there's like, right, that's well, there's not happening again. Sean Connery, Roger Moore, Roger Moore, Pierce Timothy Brosnan, Dalton, Pierce Brosnan Dalton, Timothy Dalton, uh, new guy uh, Craig Daniel Rob, Craig yeah, Daniel, Daniel Craig. Craig. And then there's a bunch of people that they, I never I think remember. David Niven is one of them. Maybe. In like the original Casino Royale. Uh, there was the guy who was like before Connery, whoever that was, like one movie. And there was <laughs> yeah. another guy who did one movie. Yeah, there was a few and that then they went back to Connery. I can't remember his name. Because there's more than 12 doctors, too, because they did a bunch of movies and uh, yeah, that's a good point. Okay. spinoffs and stuff. Like bunch of, <laughs> A bunch of Bonds and Who's that don't count. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they should team up. Yeah, they should do a, a TV oh, special awesome. where they fight each other. Oh, they're both British. This can happen. Yeah, they're in the I same mean. universe. <laughs> England. England. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Will? What you been watching? Uh, I have been watching. I got caught up with the fact that I noticed, like, because we live in America, when people go and have a show about space, do just, we? Just for all of you who are wondering, yeah, we, we live, live in, in America. America. We could be Canadian. We're not we in the know. same universe as Bond. Who? But that's it, like I watch a show in America and they go to space and everybody speaks with an American accent. And yep. It doesn't shock me. But when I watch Doctor Who and they go to another planet, I'm like, "Why are they all English?" Yes, <laughs> yes. This is crap. Yes, you should talk it's like normal. Yeah, like like normal people. <laughs> why like me. does the Doctor have a British accent or a Scottish accent? And why does he go to London two thirds of the exclusively. time? <laughs> he could go anywhere in the universe. He always is like, let's, let's go to go London back. in 1994. Yeah. Like, why? Go anywhere else. Sometimes we'll go to New York because we have a viewing audience there, yeah. too. But then that's... Get, 
Uh, you know what? If South Africa wants to up its numbers, its viewing numbers, yeah. maybe we'll take a trip to <laughs> Yeah, Cape you're Oak never going to get that Papua New Guinea audience <laughs> no. until you get close yeah, to there. To them, yeah. Go to Kenya or something. Yeah. Nothing ever happens in Africa. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing happens in China. <laughs> there, there's been zero time travel. There's nothing. In What's going on there? <laughs> These are excellent points. So it's a first world thing, time travel. I yeah. think yeah. <laughs> it's expensive. <laughs> the problem with the problem with South Africa: not enough corridors. We love corridors on Doctor <laughs> Who. Every episode, I'd say they spend twenty percent running down corridors, and I know it's the same one. They just keep looping it and like redressing it. They run down and then like change a couple of pylons and then run back through. I get that it's the set Af- design. Yeah, Africa, but there's a lot of space. Yeah, it would be really hard to, <laughs> to, to hide in move, move that bramble 45 degrees <laughs> to the left and run through again. My name is Steve. I'm a, I'm a bram- bramble wrangler. <laughs> a brambler. Those are expensive. That's another reason why we're not going to <laughs> Yeah, do you have how much it is to find a good brambler? Because the union. They just right. I mean, you gotta fly them in. <laughs> so what were you watching? Ah. Uh, I've been watching the newsroom where they talk normal, like me. Uh, I haven't seen it yet. Really? No. That's third season. Good. It's so good. Final season, right? Yeah. Wow, makes... that was a quick one. How many episodes per season? Like eight, ten? Ten, 12? I think. Okay. It's a normal HBO run. I will binge watch this. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. And it 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 makes me really happy and then really sad because the, the first season is like, uh, Jeff Daniels is like the most popular news person uh, in America, and he decides he doesn't want to do popular TV. He wants to do or popular news. He wants to do good news. So thought he's done. provoking. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. thought provoking. See, mm. Mm. <laughs> and you're so it's this like up like everybody else covers the like the sensational story, and then he covers the like the good story. And you're like, oh, that's really uplifting, but fake. This is there isn't this real news network out there. They're all terrible. <laughs> yeah. It's, they, the, it's all newsertainment. The Daily Show does. There's a guy that used to be a foreign correspondent for like MSNBC. He got fired because they don't want foreign correspondents. Because who cares? And now he got a job as a foreign correspondent for the newsroom. Oh wow! The newsroom want, wanted their stories to be so real. They hired reporters to do stories, huh. so then they could put them on the show. But fake stories? No, they're they real. actually do real stories. They, on the everything's show. real. Everything they cover. Uh, they covered the BP oil spill uh, this season. They're doing the Boston Marathon bombing. That's what open. I mean, they cover a lot during the, the right. run of the show. But yeah, the guy. And so it ended with uh, I forget what correspondent from the Daily Show. But they go to the newsroom set and he talks to Jeff Daniels and he's like, "So the only real news is fake news?" <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, get off my set." And he's like, "Can you give me a?" a, a and I forget Will McAvoy, this is the main character, uplifting speech. No, I don't want to do that. <laughs> Please. <sighs> and he does like a newsroom speech and he gets real happy and then he's like, Now get off the set. <laughs> so it's a great show, but it like it fills you with hope and then you walk outside and you go, Oh, never mind. <laughs> Reality sad. Well, uh, I uh, went the complete opposite direction of reality. Oh good. Uh, I actually went to the theater. And I saw Interstellar. Oh, me too. Oh, you saw Interstellar? I, saw I haven't Sunday. seen it. No, you know nobody gets to talk about it. No, we're going to talk no! about it. We're going to talk about it because I don't think I liked it. Really? No, okay, that's fine. All right, Neil, you Neil no, deGrasse this... Tyson told me all the science is like solid. This is no it. way. Well, that, they, like, they, theoretically they... solid. Well, apparently, I mean, the whole thing of the movie is that they started with the science and built a story around it, not okay. the other way around. They actually 
the executive producer is like a famous theoretical physicist, and like he that's where it starts starts from the science. And okay, then that goes makes the, that makes sense knowing that now. All right, this is going to be a fun challenge because we know at least three people here haven't seen it. So you and I have to talk about what you liked and didn't yeah. like without giving anything yeah, away. My, my reaction to it is, at the end of it was I think I need to see this again to really get it. Yeah, but I have no desire to ever see this again. <laughs> it's a pretty grueling yeah. movie. And the issue that I have is there's so much symbolism in it, and it's all super on the nose. Like, they shove the uh, symbolism mm-hmm. down your throat. I never like. that. But then whenever there's science, they breeze over it. Yeah, like, they really... Yeah, if you go over there, time will be different because relativity, right? We're scientists. Let's go. Yeah, well, they was, don't... They do gravity, not... right? Yeah, because the planet was near black holes, and that's yes. why the time affected. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they somehow explain that in twenty seconds. Yeah, they really do. They explain not, not well enough because the dude I saw it with did not get it. Yeah, I, I guess because I knew like, that as well. He just kept going because the planet's bigger, right? So it takes longer to spin, so the days yeah, are longer. No, I'm no, like, no, <laughs> not what they mean. But I mean, they he basically inceptions us. Yes. Because in Inception, is just like, well, in a dream, it's, uh, you know, it's ten different. times as long. And you're like, okay, because we got to keep going because everybody's shooting each other. And <laughs> yeah, they did that in go. this movie, too. They're like, well, okay, an hour on this planet is seven years on Earth. Okay, go. And you just go, and that's it. Like, there's not a big <laughs> thing. It's not a spoiler. It's just a thing they talk about. <laughs> because, yeah. but, which I'm, I'm okay with. I mean, the people who, are, who don't know that stuff... Yeah, and, and I'm not a science geek or anything. I just I've read stuff because mm-hmm. of the stuff that I've been writing. But like the people who don't know it, don't want to hear a bunch of exposition yeah. about it. Don't want the science explained to them. They want the drama of it, which is what they focus on. Well, th- th- that was one of the main issues I had. Is there's a part, and I won't spoil anything, where they're like, "All right, we have to choose between the two planets we have to go to. That planet down there, if we spend one hour on it, seven years will pass on Earth." Or we can go to that planet, but it's like a month away. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, that's way, that's way better. less yes. than seven years. Yes. <laughs> and I'm managing. I mean, there are other mitigating dis- circumstances in that decision, if you remember in the movie, but yeah, I agree. It's like, well, well I, I think we should go to this, but I'll tell you what. You guys go down there. Just spend an hour. I'll stay up here for seven years and do math problems until you get back. <laughs> I don't know. That's an interesting plan. And... This is going to be a slight spoiler. Slight spoiler. Slight, slight spoiler. Mm. Okay? Slight spoiler, but it's a major thing that I have to talk about. Everybody dies. There's a moment where they say, well, the best astronaut we had was Lieutenant Mann. And they point to a picture of a Chinese guy. And then, Do they? Yeah. It's a Chinese guy. They're like, yeah, Lieutenant Mann. And then they run into him later, and it's he's Matt, Matt Damon. Oh, I was going to say, don't, say, don't say who it is. Just say it's not an Asian guy. <laughs> Matt Damon gave away. I mean, it's like the big no, cameo the of the movie. Like, he's not in the credits or anything. No, See, I didn't know. What bothered me, Matt Damon, Casey Affleck, both in this movie. True. Ben Affleck, nowhere to nowhere. be found. Nowhere. The, I think, well, the whole thing, there's a lot of, like, what is this guy doing in this movie? Mm-hmm. Topher Grace shows up for yes. no reason in He's, this film. He has there's a part and it's like why anybody could have played that part. Yeah, anyone. They the land up. They land on an asteroid and Bruce Willis is still there yeah. in his yeah, orange like, Armageddon <laughs> jumpsuit. Like, what's up? I mean, okay. Topher Grace does get kissed on the lips and does a great like that '70s show kind of what just happened face. But yeah. other than that, anybody could have played that Anyone could be somebody kisses him on the lips. Yeah, it's not a plot point of the movie. When that kiss comes, you're like. Frig, this is Dave told me about that. <laughs> this is meaningless. Uh, 
Yeah, it was it was very strange. Yeah, I I I liked it. Uh, Maybe he was pointing like through the wall, like he knew Matt Damon was over there. He's <laughs> like, oh, this is the guy. Not that not that picture. Don't. I liked it. I think that to make it as mainstream and four quadrant as it is, you guys know four quadrant movies. No, the four four quadrant movie is a movie that uh, hits the big demographics, which is old people, young people, men and women. Okay, like all of them, like teenagers, old people. Gotcha. Uh, and that's what they're going for. You know, the, uh, the comic book movies are huge because they're almost always four quadrant movies. You know, Ga- Guardians of the Galaxy is a four quadrant movie. Okay, to make it that, it's dumbed down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still I could still enjoyed they, it, and I haven't seen it. Uh, could it's could long, they terraform yeah. a planet? I know they were looking for a new planet. Uh, they no, don't even just look for, for that. Making a planet is not something they discuss. No, was, but you mean you mean sort of uh, like giving an adjusting atmosphere. It. I don't know because Neil deGrasse Tyson talks about it, and he said he's like the wormhole technology is theoretical, but could happen. And then he was like, but I don't know why they looked... Mars is so similar to Earth. Why would you look for anything else? It's so suitable. Hmm. And I was like, oh, they must have had a way to make an atmosphere then. Right. Yeah. I well, mean, Because I mean, Neil deGrasse Tyson is the smartest person I know, so... You if, know him? Yeah. No. We email correspond. Oh, good. <laughs> it's like real dumb... I'm like, how does well, the compass work? And he's like, all right. Well, no, the, I mean, in the, I mean, you know that it's called Interstellar. I'm not giving anything away to say. They're trying to go to the other side of the galaxy where, mm-hmm. there's a, where there are... So they found some planets that are... Very close to Earth, mm-hmm. like they're not even. They can take their helmet off. It's, okay, it's, so there is yeah. an atmosphere. It's, it's, there's an atmosphere. Yeah. They're so far. You know, it's like you, you could go anywhere in the universe, so you find other Earth-like planets. Yeah, and you know they're not exactly Earth, but they. I mean, the, the things that you see are look look. Oh, that looks like you know that's ice. <laughs> that's a cloud. That's a tree. Yeah. Maybe, you know? maybe you and I will do a, a separate podcast after this that to see the end where we talk about all the things that okay. I hated about this okay. movie. Yeah, there's things we can we can discuss. But before we do that. What you reading? Uh, I am not reading because I am right. Right, <laughs> and it yep. is it, you know I work. Curse. I work a forty-hour week. I have an hour commute. I do stand up, and there's just no time. So I'll read a book if I know I'm going to have like I got to be test. in the doctor's office for four hours or something, <laughs> and I read the last book that I read. My um, lady friend made wanted me to read uh, Cat's Cradle by. Um, uh, what's his name? Kurt Vonnegut, which was amazing. It was really, really good. And I realized that I've been impersonating Kurt Vonnegut without ever having read any of his stuff. It's very, <laughs> it's like real funny, but like as bleak as possible. And, you know, I'm like, oh, this is what I've been doing. I just didn't know he was like my dad or something. <laughs> Who knew? Yes. <laughs> you wrote some money. So I, I recommend <laughs> Cat's Cradle is a really, one of, the, one of the most interesting end of the world stories you'll ever read. Have, and either of you read it? In high school, <laughs> very, I just, I just cool. love that if it, years. if it if it turns out that he is your dad, when you guys meet, there's already the perfect song, <laughs> "Cat in the Cradle." Very good. I'm with you. <laughs> Two of my favorite comedians in the world, Paul F. Tompkins and Dana Gould, both have jokes about guys being terrible dads that end with both of them singing "Cats in the Cradle," <laughs> and I I get really excited every time I hear it. Knowing actually, Patton. Sing Cats in the Cradle on his two first first two CDs, and Dana does it on his first CD, which predates it's both of them. It's a good song. And I'm like, it's a go-to. Yeah. <laughs> the Cats in the Cradle and the Silver Spoon. I mean, I guess now like we would probably sing uh, My Daddy Gave Me a Name or whatever, the, the Everclear song. <laughs> the Everclear that's song. where, because other, you know. Father of mine. Yeah, mm. that, that's it, Father of mine, not yeah. My Daddy Gave Me a Name. That's the line that I remember. Sometimes you give me a birthday card with a $5 bill. <laughs> 
So this is happening. <laughs> what, yep. other, what other what other daddy songs? Do you yeah. sing? Harry uh, Chapin is a thing that kids are gonna know. The guy who sings "Cats in the Cradle." Is that like. Weezer song? I think is about his dad. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, Say it ain't so. Yeah. Yeah, that's about. There we go. <laughs> Good job, guys. <laughs> We're just going to move on at yeah. this point. What's Will, Will what are you reading? Uh, I did the exact opposite of good literature uh, recently, and I went back to one of my favorite. I, I went through this phase, in, like, I guess I was still in high school, but like early 20s. You were like still in eight, high school in yeah, your early like 20s? 21, You really 22. struggled academically. <laughs> I just liked it there. That's all. <laughs> like, why leave? <laughs> From 18 to like 20. Will can get us beer. He's 23. <laughs> <laughs> You guys are geniuses, <laughs> right? That's why we let him in the anime club. <laughs> doesn't even have an anime club. You can't date my sister. She's a freshman, and you're 23. <laughs> you're a senior. That's not cool. Oh, man. Mike. Also, it would be illegal. <laughs> <laughs> the legal age of consent in Pennsylvania is 16, but there's only a two-year differential. So if you're older than 18, you're going to go to jail. This that's, kid's that's so a, smart. That's actually true. This is some, somebody's got to know it's that. It's a knowledgeable kid. Well, I guess they'd have like, smartphones by that point. <laughs> yeah. And like, I, I would still have dial-up because yeah, I refuse to advance myself, yeah. which is probably why I'm doing so bad in high school <laughs> to yeah. this day. You've got your flip phone and they're all... <laughs> yeah, they make fun of me. They're mean in high uh, school. Will's beeper went off in class and we beat the <laughs> piss out of him. <laughs> He's so lame. <laughs> I don't want to tell my name. <laughs> I, uh, but I, I really loved uh, novelizations of movies. Really? N- in like, like an ironic, like I, I knew they weren't good. Yeah. I still know that. But I just, and I, uh, I, one of my favorites is X-Men, the movie, the book. The, the like, the, the, the Brian the, Singer one, the first one? Yeah, yeah. The very first one. And they made a novelization of it. And they, the middle of it, so like the beginning actually is stuff that doesn't happen in the movie, and the end is some like follow up that you don't get. But the middle is like, well, they've seen the movie clearly, so uh, <laughs> that scene happened. You know where Wolverine he stabs himself and he falls. You still, you saw it, but yeah, he does that. He does that thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's two steps from that. Does it? Does oh, it really? St- yeah. Do they cut out what happens to a toad when he gets struck by lightning? No, that's in now, there. That, that line is 100% <laughs> in there. I realize now that this is probably going to be a thing that goes into my act because of the way <laughs> I'm going to word it. But this, I because novelizations of movies don't make any sense to me. Nope. But all I can think of is some dude going, hey, <laughs> you see X-Men Days of Future Past? <laughs> nah, I'm waiting for the novel. <laughs> <laughs> like, why would you want to read that? I that get, was a thing. Wait, X, that's not that long ago. I mean, the book. No, that, it is the book X-Men that I read. The novelization ago. I read was Hook. It was like uh, 1990. But did it have the pictures in the middle? Like that was the classic. No, I don't think it did. Honestly. All the ones that I used yeah, to There's like pictures from the sets, like Robin yeah. Williams drinking a coffee. Because I had like the not what's. Uh, you probably are gonna think I made this movie up, but it's like Whoopi Goldberg, and she lives in a town where there's dinosaurs, so she teams up with like a T Rex that wears made clothes. This no, up. this yeah, it's real, no. right? I didn't make this up. And they have to solve a murder. The internet is or the, the crowd is on it. And I have never seen this movie, but I own the novelization. <laughs> <laughs> but there's pictures from a movie with Whoopi Goldberg and a dinosaur man that wears clothes. I don't like. But what's the audience for it? <laughs> because here's the thing, and I don't mean to be uh, kids love Whoopi. I don't mean to discriminate, seen, but for the most part, you've seen readers Sister are Act? smart. You've seen Jurassic Park. Well, we've combined them. <laughs> yeah, 
But you know what I mean? Like, if you're a reader... Then that's you're, not true. You're probably... If you're buying the novelization of a movie, that, you're like I mean. the Who lowest denominator book reader. It's probably gone now because I'm, I'm honestly assuming that the entire market for the novelization of books is for people to read on planes. We're like, well, yeah. I would love to see yeah. a movie, but I'm not going to be able to watch it on a plane. Or... And now you can just watch it on a... Well, we, we have breaking Theodore news. Rex, 1995 is the never <laughs> Click it. I need to see the photo. Like, I've never... Oh, wait. We'll clicked on it. It no. just says, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we would never that's make whoop, this that's movie. Whoopi, and that's whoopee. It's whoopee and the snout of a T-Rex. Yeah. What a great still. Oh, I'm going to see all photos. Uh, no, I don't want any. It's just a million copies. I don't want any, uh, yeah, it's you know. It's never going to be as good as it is in here. It's uh, ten pictures of the cover. In case they're like, no, it's real. Look, <laughs> look. We found ten copies of it. I, I don't want to offend any dinosaur doctors with using the word snout. I'm sure there's a better word. <laughs> I mean, I'm saying dinosaur doctor because I'm like, what's the real? I can't think of the real word. <laughs> Dino doctor? <laughs> Paleontologist? Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, gotcha. I thought okay, you were saying good. the doctor was a dinosaur, so I was very that would confused. be cool. He regenerates <laughs> as a dinosaur, and the whole the re- the rest of the season is just him trying to reach his sonic screwdriver <laughs> with his little arms. And I can't. I can't reach. I can't read their tagline. All right, while you're while you're reading that, I'll I'll talk about what I'm reading really quick. Yes. Uh, I've been reading House of Leaves, uh, and I officially had my second House of Leaves panic attack. <laughs> Okay, I don't know what House of Leaves is, so just give it to me. All right, it's a book that's designed to ruin your life. It's supposed to make you feel claustrophobic and uncomfortable. I don't need anything to make me feel claustrophobic. I'm already <laughs> not reading it, but continue. You remember how we talked about earlier about how we don't like comics that try to make you uncomfortable? Yeah. I paid $20 for this book. For this book. And it was a very strange situation. I was in my car uh, picking up my girlfriend from the airport, so I'm just like in the dark, like reading it with like poor lighting, and... The book tries to mess with you in that at this point in the story, there are a lot of points where it tells you to look at a footnote, but the footnote is in a different direction, so you have to flip the book over. And then there's other words that are not part of it that are kind of like just in the way, so you read around them. Yeah, it's very uncomfortable. And I had this weird moment where I was reading... And then it said, refer to footnote 185, and I couldn't find it, and it, like, I freaked out a little. <laughs> and I was just like, it's got to be in here. There's got to be something important in here. There's going to, close the book, Noah. That is way too much energy. <laughs> you are getting way too upset about this. So what is the book about? It is about a house that changes size. Hmm. <laughs> is this a newer book, an older book? It's a newer book. But basically, they find a hallway. It's not that old. It's not a classic upset audience members. Uh, but basically, they, they venture into this hallway that could not possibly exist. It is way longer than the house is. Okay. And in going down this hallway, they find a bigger room, and then they find a bigger room, then they find a staircase, and the staircase goes down for days. Like, they drop flares down it, and it just sinks huh. into darkness. And then they get lost, and that's where I am, just like... Okay. And it made me very uncomfortable. Did you say there's two books? No, it's one book. Oh, okay. But multiple authors. Check it out. It'll ruin your life. Like, did people write different parts, or they wrote it? Uh, I've, I've said this many times on the show, but uh, basically, the book is about a movie... And then this guy wrote about the movie, and then this guy wrote about the guy writing about the book, or writing about the movie. So there's like, 
This so guy, it's its own novelization of a movie. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Is that a movie? Okay. Yes, this real circle movie came it's around. Circle. This week in what you're reading. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> hey, hey uh, Dave, what you what you playing? You playing anything? I'm not a I'm not a player. No, no, no. board nice. games, video games. Uh, well, the, the thing I played most recently was uh, Fibbage. Which is the guys who made You Don't Know Jack. It's uh, <gasps> I love it's, You Don't Know Jack. It's, it's, a, it, it's basically, do you remember the game Balderdash from like yes, the 80s? Yes, I would love make up a word. So basically, uh, you, you, you log in on your smartphone. That's how you play. Like it's on the video game system, but you log in on your smartphone. Um, and it gives you a sentence with a word missing, and you get to uh, write in your word. Yeah. And, and then everybody votes on which one they think is right, and you get points for everybody who guesses yours. And you okay. get points if you guess the right answer. It's okay. a lot of fun. It's like that. That's literally the whole game, and it's a ton of fun because we played with like eight people, Fibbage. and you know, yeah, Fibbage. Cool. I want to have to check that one out. Yeah, because I love the Jack guys. Will, what you playing? Uh, well, what I, you playing? I continue to play my my Sunday slash Saturday night uh, Dungeons and Dragons game. Oh, that sounds fun. And uh, last week uh, we had a, a guest sit in. Uh, named Noah Houlihan. Yeah, I played D&D. And uh, it was so weird because he, he, we had this this NPC following us around. I don't know, you, you were aware of Dungeons & Dragons? I'm aware of it, but I don't you, know what an NPC heard is. It, you know that it, yes. a non-player character. Okay. A person that exists in the world, but it's not one of the your friend's characters. And he was a very nice guy, and he followed us around. Meaning Noah's character? No, yeah. it wasn't. He was just a guy like that we knew in the world. Noah doesn't usually play, so we're like, mm-hmm. oh, you can play this guy. The guy's a nice guy. Noah's a nice guy. But as soon as Noah, like, Matrix logged in, he became the biggest jerk <laughs> that we had ever met. That is not even true. You were a huge jerk. No. Do you play that a lot? No. Dungeons and Dragons? No. Not a, not a whole lot. I, I don't play, like, actual Dungeons and Dragons very often. But in my defense, all that happened was I was a dwarf, and every time I killed something, I yelled a witty pun. And that's all that I did. I didn't hurt anybody. I will say that when you, when you work against the group... And you, you want to do something that's like against the group, you send a note to the DM <laughs> so that no one knows what you're doing. And everyone kind of assumed I would do that. So I just kept writing notes to the DM that say, I do nothing. <laughs> and just give it to him. And he's like, okay, roll. That's awesome. <laughs> All right, that's cool. Awesome. It happens. <laughs> so that was kind of a jerk move. But that's mm-hmm. just them mm-hmm. being paranoid. I it's did nothing. 100% wrong. true. And I think witty puns with deaths are great. Yeah, isn't public, that great? Public service almost. Yeah. yeah. Like I killed the skeleton and went, you got bone. Yeah, you had, that's, no. That's <laughs> yeah. Nothing wrong with that. I killed a gelatinous cube Taking away monster, from the curiousness of the, of the team. You killed a, you killed a cube sleuth, a gelatinous cube. It was like a, this big jelly monster, and I said, ha, to. I'm alive and you're just jelly. This isn't a clue, it's a limerick. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who weren't here earlier, and if you want to do cube, a cube, uh, cube sleuths, can only they eat and uh, metabolize clues. Uh-huh. But if they, <laughs> they eat a limerick, the they'll be poisoned. Yeah. But a limerick would just kill them. It would them. kill them. Yeah. It'd be a miserable experience. So if you want to do a crossover novel, that sounds uh, like a good yeah. maybe a crossword puzzle novel. Yeah, a crossword puzzle novel. novel. Ooh, I like this idea. <laughs> <laughs> but we got to end this show, and we end all of our podcasts with a game. This week, I brought. We've been bring, giving out books, so I brought Murphy's Lore. I, I, we've been trying to give that one away for a while. And uh, just to sweeten the pot, I brought a DVD screener uh, of When Evil Calls. Uh, it looks like it takes place in a Catholic school. 
uh, with, with lots of very school girls. Poor dress code. They're not even wearing the same uniform. Yeah, it doesn't seem to make a lot of sense, but that's a reason to see it. So our winners will take that one home. Dave, what did you bring? I brought a copy of my novel Cube Sleuth, which, but I, and that, that is eighty nine percent of the prize. But the other eleven percent is Ooh. whoever wins it. I will sign it for them. Uh, go f yourself forever. Love Dave Trusso, thereby making it a one of a kind mm-hmm. own. Because I will never ever sign another copy of Cube Sleuth with that specific inscription. I may sign other books that way. I intend <laughs> to sign all of my books that way, at least for one person. <laughs> Nice. Understood. So we got Cube Sleuth, the movie, and Murphy's Lore. To play host versus guest versus audience, we need an audience member, but they need to bring a prize as well. What did you guys bring this week? We have a book on fishing basics. Uh Ooh. Or we have Beverly Hills Cop on VHS. Mm. And we have people are digging. Napkins. People are digging. some trash. A coupon for 20% off Fanatics. What's Fanatics? Yeah, I don't know what the... It's a website. <laughs> 20% maybe. off the website? We'll see. They sell... Okay. Yeah. Whoa, Whoa, what are you doing? Stop whatever that is. I think it's you. I think What's it's your phone. Dollar 19 and change. The, the um, gloves with half fingers like Yeah, the cutoffs. It. The homeless so, guy cutoffs. You made it so Dickensian. <laughs> I got a hey penny. <laughs> I'd like to be on your podcast, sir. <laughs> sir, please. Will you be talking about porridge? <laughs> uh, Dave, since Just you... talk about a warm bowl of porridge, please. <laughs> That's all I need. Dave, since you are our guest, it is yes. up to you. So would you like to play for the change, the coupon, Beverly Hills Cop, or the basics of fishing? I'm going to go basics of fishing mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I don't know how to fish. Well, basics you, of fishing. If you teach a man to fish. Come on up here. With a book. You could publish it. No, if you if you if you teach a man to fish, that guy knows where to go for fish. Yeah. <laughs> but if you teach a man to fish, then he's not going to buy fish from you anymore. <laughs> so that was the same man. It wasn't two different yeah. yeah, I believe, right? What? I think so. Matt Damon? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Man. <laughs> Introduce yourself, audience member. It's Chuck. Hey, Chuck. Thanks for hey. joining us Hello. up here. Hi. So, <laughs> hi. So, Hello. basically, we're going to play uh, our old standby. We're going to play a game called Known For. Okay. This is how this game works. I'm going to bring up an actor or actress or director on IMDb. IMDb will then tell me four things... That they are known oh, for. Oh, this is the thing I might actually be okay at. <laughs> the what the criteria for what why they're known for this thing is based on nothing. I've never right. figured out a way to figure out why they're known for these things. You're going to bid name that tune style on how many of the four things you can name. If you don't think you can go higher than the previous person, you can challenge. If they get it right, they will get a point. If they get it wrong, the person who challenges will get a point. Also, if you don't know, you could bid zero. Well, Sorry. I'm a neophyte, so I think thank you for that. <laughs> Do you understand? Yes. All right, cool. Um, Do you actually understand, or are you saying that's you know, no, I think I, I think stupid. I think I get it. Okay, because some people just agree. I, I would be the first person. To, I mean, if I don't, if we do one, I'd be like, "Oh wait, I don't get it." But oh, it sounds like I, I get appreciate it. your honesty. Well, we're going to start with Chuck with this one. Oh, good. Uh, I've pulled up Morgan Freeman. All right. 
Of the four things Morgan Freeman is known for, how many can you name, Chuck? One. One. Dave. I'll go two. Two. I want Dave to name those two things. <laughs> All right, Dave, you've been challenged. <laughs> so do you have any do, two? What do I do? Do I name four? And no, then you name two. I only name two, and they both have to be spot on. And they both have to be correct. Okay. The game is challenging. Shawshank Redemption. Nice pick. And? And... Wow. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, he's thinking hard. He was in Deep Impact. I'm going to give you that. That's true. Yeah, just remember he's thinking that. hard. He's thinking hard not into a microphone. That's yeah. how hard he's thinking. Well, he's thinking into the microphone. I can think out not. loud. Yeah. Because <laughs> am I allowed to name ones and then not you, shoot you can, them? You can, yeah. you can give us your process so that the podcast doesn't get bored. Yeah, yeah. thinking lean on me uh, is like the first thing I ever saw him in, but I don't know if that's something he'd be known for if people still even know that movie. So. Um, let's see. There's, uh, there's Betty. There's... <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think what's like the iconic things that he's in. Uh, Bruce Almighty. Uh, he's, what good movies has he been in? Why can't drove, he good the bucket list? Drove somebody. Uh, oh, Driving Miss Daisy. <laughs> I'll use that as my other one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's one of the four, but I'll go. All right. For so it. you went. With, what was your first the one? First one was Shawshank. All right. The four things that Morgan Freeman is known for are the Shawshank Redemption. One. Nice. Seven. Seven. Ooh. Million Dollar Baby. Really? And Driving Miss Daisy. Yes. Nice. You gave it to me. That's Thank a you. point for Dave. Yes. The guest never gets it in the first round. Yeah. This is huge. And those were not obscure, but not, you just think it would, I don't know, most recent. Like I Batman would have been on the list. Seven's one, yeah. Lucius. All right, we're going to start with Chuck again because yeah. he wasn't involved and we're going to change direction so it'll go to Will this time, all right? No. Chuck. <laughs> I've just pulled up Chris Rock. Of well, the four things Chris Rock is known for, how many can you name? One. One. You going to challenge me? You going to be that jerk that challenges one? Yeah, all right. Name a thing Chris Rock's done. Madagascar. <laughs> this Ooh. is going quick. Uh, the, the four things that Chris Rock is known for are Chris Rock's stand-up special <laughs> that I can't see all of. Uh, head of State. No, oh, no. Down to Earth. And Madagascar. Yeah. <laughs> Take it. Very oh, good. No, my tactics are failing. <laughs> All right, so we're going to start with Dave on this if one. If we gang okay. up on him, he could lose. And go, no. to, and go to Will again. Okay. <laughs> no. No, because he challenged. So yes. it's going to... No, yeah, it goes I to Will. I get the point. Goes yeah, it goes to Will. Goes to Will. All right, sorry. I got, I got really confused there for a second. Uh, let's see. Audience, anything you want me to pull up? Any, any takers here? No. All right, thanks. Uh, I'm going to pull up Kevin Bacon. We did that one last week. Did we did do we? that one last week? Oh, yeah. we did. We yeah. absolutely did that one last we week. We did a lot of Kevins and a lot of Michaels last mm-hmm. week. So let's do, let's do Kevin Costner. My my favorite dinner party move is to quietly excuse myself to the room where they put all the coats and then watch the History Channel until everybody's leaving and then I go home. <laughs> That, did you wait? Did you just pick up the dinner party thing from like forty yeah. minutes ago? Yeah, that was amazing. I was about I've been to say, thinking what about it. What just happened? Did I've been we have about a time it. jump? Yeah, he's got some <laughs> kind of conversational portal. <laughs> I wormhole. Did you ever see that SNL skit where uh, it's the dude from Northern Exposure, Rob Morrow, and he's having a conversation with people, and he keeps making witty jokes about what they're talking about three topics later, <laughs> and, it, and and he, and they're like, "What are you? Ta- we're ta- we were talking about that five minutes ago." And then he goes in the bathroom and he's washing his hands and he sees. Um, Condom machine, uh, like 
something else machine, time machine, and he gets in the time machine and just goes back in time and has the conversation <laughs> at the right time. <laughs> Stupid. All right, so Kevin Costner. We're going to do Kevin Costner. Uh, time I'll time. say, is it me? It starts with me. Yes. I'll say two. Two. Who's the go-to? Mm, Will. Goes to me. <laughs> is, normally I know what I would do here. The, name them. Oh, Dave. I need two of the four things that Kevin Costner is known for. Waterworld. And? Mm. And. All right, let me, let, me, let me think this out here. Uh, could be could be Man of Steel. Could be No Way Out. Could be uh, Bull Durham. Uh, Bull Durham. That's what I'm going with. That's a weird one. The four things that Kevin Costner is known for are Waterworld, Robin Hood, The Ooh. Untouchables, and Dances with Wolves. Ah. What is happening? The IMDb is known for has never made more sense than I it is tonight. <laughs> this is a little strange. Like normally it's Oh, you know what? Was Field of Dreams wasn't one of them, was it? No. no Field of I should that's really what I should have said Cuz I too, and normally you think like, oh, what are they known for? And then it's none of those things. Those are actually things Maybe I know Kevin Costner from. Maybe they're listening to your podcast and they're just like, "Oh, these jerks are right." They keep changing. <laughs> you know what? Then we'll put what they're actually known for. <laughs> you happy now? The president of IMDb is like, "Mr. IMDb." What's what's going on with the Plus two comedy. <laughs> Are they still criticizing <laughs> us? Everybody okay? What just happened? I think there was a collision in the other room. <laughs> the, the, the things are going crazy down here. So that's a that's a point for everybody. Yeah. This is the most competitive game. Yeah. Of no yeah we're all real serious. No jokes. That has ever happened. Yeah, no more dinner party discussions. Um, <laughs> so who does it start? It starts with Will now? <laughs> uh, no, it's going to start with Chuck. Okay. Because, uh, Sorry. It will. Have you started yet? Yeah. Yeah, 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 I started, started that in the one. beginning. All right. For that one, whatever. Uh, let's uh, let's let's up the ante a bit here. Uh, let's do Oliver Stone. Ooh. Ooh. Wait. No, I Who feel directed like... JFK? Which is one of my Kevin Costner go tos. That's what I thought would be on there. Oliver Stone, starting with Chuck. Of the four things Oliver Stone is known for, how many can you name? Zero. Zero. Interesting bid. Interesting bid. Goes to Will. Uh, one. I'll go two. No. Ooh. Challenge. <laughs> challenge. You challenge me? Yeah, I yes. challenge you. <laughs> I, need, I need two. <laughs> okay. Uh, JFK. And? Might be on there. And Born on the Fourth of July. That's a good one. The four I'd things. I'd have gone Platoon, Natural Born Killers. I was thinking Natural Born Killers. The four things that Oliver Stone is known for are Platoon, JFK, Natural Born Killers, and Any Given Sunday. Oh. We were so close to both being right. <laughs> That's a point for Chuck. Two points for po- Chuck. We played a three. Yeah. Usually it doesn't take this long. Because mm. uh, we're usually meaner. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mix it up again. We're going to go with Jerry Seinfeld. Ooh. What? Jerry Seinfeld. Will, Who's you were not involved in that one, so we're going to start with you. All right. And we are going to go to Chuck. Of the four things Jerry Seinfeld is known for, how many can you name? Two. Two? Challenge. Challenge from Chuck. All right. I am going to say Seinfeld, this this television show. Heard of it. Heard of it. Uh uh And I'm going to go B-movie. Oh, no. Yeah, that's a pretty... That's (laughs) it. That's it. The four things that he's known for are Seinfeld, B-movie. Yeah! Jerry Seinfeld live on Broadway and Jerry Seinfeld comedian. Nice. <laughs> just, just Those are his specials, comedy specials. 
It's the only two things he's been in. I know. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty easy when you think about it movie-wise. Yeah, B-movie. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, sorry, Was everyone. he an ant? No, that was nope. Woody Allen. Woody Allen. Um, two, two, and one. Right? Yeah. Two, yeah, you, two, you're two, the only one with one, but we're going to start with you, so don't worry. Don't yeah, don't you fret. Can, you Four. Can catch up. We can go, go <laughs> no, anyway. No. All right. Who should I pull up this time? Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Uh, let's do, have we, no, we've done Halle Berry. Yeah, we've done uh, Halle Berry a lot. <laughs> I always do Halle Berry in my dreams. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Jokes. I don't know, Storm kind of ruined Oh, we it. did bring up Whoopi Goldberg, so let's do that's Whoopi a, Goldberg. That's a good one. Uh, Theodore Rex was the name of that movie, guys. Yeah, exactly. We know that's going to be on there. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. All right, so we start with, uh, Dave and we go to Chuck one. on this one. Challenge. <laughs> You challenge me on the one? Yeah. Good job, guys. All right. I either win this or you get a point. There's That's right. it. That's uh, the game. It's a pro play, actually. Yeah. Okay, uh, let's see. So, let's sorry, see, let's I don't want to be a jerk. No, I don't care. <laughs> I, I like, I'm competitive. You could be a jerk if you want. Um, let me see. Let me see. I know, it's uh, tough. Jumping Jack Flash <laughs> and Sister Act. Oh, wait, I only get one. You sister only, Act. Only I would go with Sister Act. I got two. Sister Act. <laughs> The four Uh-oh. things that will be called for the not for not Sister Act are the seventy first annual Academy Award. <laughs> what? The I s- do remember her hosting those. The seventy fourth annual Academy uh, Award. Can I just say that doesn't not as seem good fair? This does, if, if, if it's all of that, Being I, I vote, Elmo. No, nah, I vote a recount. I vote a, a redo. And the view. No, no, uh, it's no a, I'm not okay with this round either. Who will be Goldberg? Do you, do you guys want to do Elizabeth Hasselbeck? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I demand a recount as the challenger. I, I, I don't know why you guys think you can do that, <laughs> but I will allow it this recount. one time. Recount. Recount. Re- he already said he did. Because I never did. I never mentioned that TV shows were involved. So I, I will. I will allow. Right. We knew that because Academy of Seinfeld. Academy Award ceremony. Yeah, yes. that's, no, yeah. this happened with Rosie O'Donnell when we did it. Trust me, this happened before. Uh, so, I'm going to pull up Tom Arnold. Ooh. Is it, I'm starting? We'll start with you again, because that's what happened last time. I'll go one. Challenge. All right. Challenge was the word I meant All right. to say. True lies. No. Yeah. No. The four things that Tom Arnold is known for are Soul Plane. Of course. Really? I didn't know he was in that. Of course. True lies. Yeah. Nice. Nine months. Nine months, yes. And Cradle to the Grave. Nice. Yeah. He's in that? Is that BMX? We, and we like have Steven the Sagan? first ever three way tie right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is the uh, also the closest to a three way anything <laughs> I have ever been or will ever be. Right. And that is sad. For all and of it's us. with three dudes and a lady. <laughs> no, I'm not counting no. No, 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 it's not counting. It's the three of us. Okay. <laughs> Well, thank you. you. I'm not even ready to be that close to a four-way. <laughs> I didn't even have to fake three-way yet. <laughs> All right, I have to go above and beyond when it's the when it's this intense. So I'm going to go super crazy for this one. And who do, who starts? Uh, well, it's going to start with Will, All and right. then it's going to go to Chuck. Oh man, you're not involved. Wait, didn't it? No, we're switching directions. We're switching okay. directions. Okay. <laughs> You really wanted to win. And your I gotta own go. Copy I gotta go weird for the last round. Mark Twain. 
What? <laughs> the writer Mark. Yeah, yeah, I've Twain. heard of him. I've heard of him. Do you, can books be on here? He he wrote some books that became movies, right. so he has credits on them. Mm. Mm. Of the four things <laughs> Mark Twain is known for on IMDb, I like that the crowd is now just looking it up on well, their yeah, own. There, there's like <laughs> subtle <laughs> clues there. Yeah, we don't want suspense. All right. We start with Will. Of the four things Mark Twain is known for, how many can you name? Okay, I want to say Star Trek The Next Generation because <laughs> he's in it. Okay. But I'm, I'm going to say Tom Sawyer. Okay, uh, that's, I, you should say a number is what you should say. I jumped. I did. It's very... I'm going to go with one. One. Keep in mind, you guys can just take Challenge. Okay, I'm going to go with Tom Sawyer. See, I was saving time. For some reason, I had this weird feeling that he's in Birth of a Nation, and I don't know why. I was already ahead of the game. I knew I would get challenged. That is correct. Tom Sawyer is correct, along with uh, Huckleberry Finn. Yes. Prince and the Pauper, yes. and Tom and Huck, <sighs> starring Star Jonathan Trek. Taylor Thomas. That makes Will our winner in this extremely long Yay. game. Give it up for Chuck. Thank you for coming up here, Chuck. Thank you, Chuck. Bye, guys. Uh, we got to get out of here. Uh, Dave, anything you want to plug? Uh, no. No? There's no, I, there's I, no? I have nothing coming up right now. There's no like place oh, we could yeah, buy yeah. your... Go to DaveTruso.com. Um, <laughs> Uh, you can you can get Cube Sleuth from there. There's about seventeen thousand hours of different comedy videos that I've done, and I do a thing called Story Tag on there. Every uh, I'm I, me and three of the guys that I did sketch with, who are now in uh, I'm in Roxborough. One guy's in uh, New Jersey. One guy's in Cleveland, and one guy's in uh, Massachusetts. We write a short story, a hundred words at a time, through email. Uh, whenever you open your email, you have 30 minutes to write the next 100 words, and you're not allowed to talk about it. So it's basically written improv. Huh. And every Monday you get an entry, and every Friday you get an entry, and then we just kind of screw each other over. Like People will be like, well, I have the explanation right here, and then they end their entry right there, <laughs> and you have to do it in the next one. So it's just us effing it. with each other. I like that. That's a really. Cool I want idea. it to be a thing where other people do their own because I think that would be the fun of it. It's like you start yeah. story tags with each other and like do your right. thing. It'll be up on uh, Plus Two Comedy in a week. Cool. <laughs> uh, Twitter. And thank you for having me. Uh, at Dave Druso. Oh, that's easy. Yeah. Will anything to add? Uh, if you want to find me on our Twitter or my Facebook and invite me to a fancy dinner party? Uh, I will happily excuse myself to the next room. And <laughs> Make watch sure the it's in the winter. <laughs> Make sure it's in the winter, or there will be no coats. Oh no! Yeah, so only in the winter, maybe the fall, oh, no. early spring, but that's it. Noted. Mm-hmm. Uh, upcoming shows. Uh, we are not here next week. It's Thanksgiving. Don't come. Uh, then on the fourth, Mistress Black will be joining us on the podcast. Yes. That's how they reacted when we said that you were going to be here. Baloney. <laughs> and then on December 11th, Even I would have been like, "Who?" DJ Cutman will be here. <laughs> Very exciting. Nikki Black is getting more applause than DJ Cutman. Oh, is that who Nikki Black is? It Nikki it's Black? Oh, Mr. I'll woo now. That's one of my buddies. Woo! <laughs> I didn't know that she was going by Mistress Black. Sorry, well, sorry, Nikki. I meant woo. We're having her character on. Yeah, gotcha. We're not actually having Nikki Black gotcha. on. By the way, from House of Black, they're different people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, be sure to give us five stars on iTunes and uh, make us 
all super famous. You can also do that on Stitcher. And when you do, leave a review and mention a fact about pineapples. I'll read them right here on the show. By the way, here's two quick facts about pineapples. <laughs> uh, pineapple Books is a uh, a publishing company in the UK. Uh, it's called Pineapple Books. And there's also a popular children's book called Pineapples, King of the Fruits. Ooh. And that's been two quick facts about pineapples. Also, be sure to vote for us on PodcastLine.com. Make us the podcast of the month. You can also follow me on Twitter. I'm at TV's Noah. I don't usually throw that one in, but hey. There it is. There, there, there it is. We would like to thank Ben Affleck for and his dishonest chin for making the show possible and keeping the streets of Gotham City safe. This is the Plus Two Comedy Podcast. Thank you so much. <laughs>